up that diesel. Um, 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 let's go diesel. Um. All right, preseason game number two is in the books. The score doesn't matter. We know these things are inconsequential to what we're actually watching during the game. We're just watching the players and seeing how they do. We're watching the coaches and seeing how they coach, how they operate, and seeing if the team is coming together. Uh, I'll start by saying this. While I think they played okay at times, the defense was dominant, 55 yards good in the first half total. The offense they had some opportunities to make some big plays, and they didn't. Um, take advantage. The one thing I said in the last podcast was that I really wanted to see the offense uh, come together and put together a few touchdown drives. They blew too many chances to actually get scores. Fitz missed a few times. Uh, we had a turnover by uh, Cam, Cam Sims, another near turnover by Heineke. Uh, just too many blown opportunities. So they have one more game to clean that up. So what do you guys think about the overall performance of the starters on Friday night? I mean, defensively, like you said, I felt like they were flying around. Um, obviously, we know the secondary, the starters didn't play, but I actually liked that the team put St. Juice, Moreland, and what's the other kid's name? Mac- Tory McIntyre? Yeah. Um, they put them out in the middle of the fire, man, to go up against that trio that the Bengals have of Chase, you know, Boyd, and um, Higgins, and I thought they held their own. Um, Montez and Chase Young, I mean, these guys are like, they're a midseason former. It's <laughs> like, yeah. Chase's energy and Montez is blowing up play after play. Like, those guys are ready to go. Um, but for me, offensively, I mean, obviously they were inconsistent. Fitz didn't have his best game. Um, but obviously, they guys, they're still working the kinks out. I mean, clearly it was a couple passes where he had Humphreys a couple times. It was a miscommunication. The one that I was kind of sick about was when he missed Logan in the back of the end zone. And I seen pass because Logan was wide open. Um, but even Rivera mentioned he felt like Fitz, he was just, felt like he was kind of, little happy feet in the, I don't know if he said happy feet in the, in the um, pocket or if he just just didn't have no didn't have no time and didn't have no rhythm um but it's kind of expected man it's still week two in the preseason and they're still working out some kinks so I mean it's not like I'm overly concerned about it going into the season but that's why they got preseason and they got another game to get better next week so hopefully they improve they have like they have like almost 100 yards in the first quarter right like thereabouts offensively I think sometimes we read too much on these kind of things. Teams do start slowing games. They only play the corner. That like the mm-hmm. kind of game where offense, like offense starts slow, but as the game goes on, the, the points actually start coming. So <clears throat> I'm not too worried about that. Defensively, they haven't fit, like we face back a quarterbacks. Right. Yesterday. Mm-hmm. So sorry, on, on, on what was that Friday? Yeah, on Friday. So I don't have to read that, but like Corey said, I mean the guys were moving, the guys were flying around. We know what the story of the game was. We don't nobody care about the starters when it comes to the preseason, really, unless they battle positions. Um, and when it came to that, I felt like the, the guys who were fighting the position, I thought Flowers looked all right. Um, but yeah, other than that, offensively, I can't get too how better like up and on about offense the preseason. Right. You really just can't. You know, it's it's a it's a uh, it's a work in progress. I mean, they have several new starters on offense. Eric Flowers figures to be one. Cosme figures to be another. We still haven't seen Curtis Samuel yet, but he's going to uh, work into the mix uh, come week one. Dami Brown, Adam Humphreys is a new starter. 
And most importantly, the quarterback is new. So you just want to see a little bit of consistency before they actually have live bullets flying on September 12th. But, you know, they'll have time. Let's, let's go into the offense and, and the things that we saw. First things first, I, I think it's safe now to say that Patterson is in. Cliff, I know that you want your flowers. I'll give them to you. You said this oh, months ago. That's out, Cliff. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Look, he got to make the team first. All right, the guy actually actually has to be announced. You think it's gonna he's gonna be on the team? The guy's gonna contribute. Look at that out here running for four hundred yards in college football games that aren't good. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> to me, it's like this is a no brainer. Right? Like, how can someone be too short to play running back? It doesn't even make any fucking sense. So, <laughs> yeah. We'll see what they decide to do at that position. But like I said, like we said going into the preseason, we knew the team was going to have an advantage because we have offensive line depth, which meant the second unit in these preseason games were going to move the ball. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've really seen so far. So, of course, Patterson looks good. What is a surprise here? This is not a surprise. Rivera mentioned in this post-game press conference, he was like, they already have a plan. Like, they have, they have an idea of what package they want to put him in or where they want to use him. So, I mean, I know it's not stamped yet, but it's basically looking like he's going to make this 53. Um, also, it was good to see him catch the ball at the backfield, which obviously a lot of people were questioning because he didn't do it a lot in Buffalo. But clearly he showed he has the ability to do it. Um, plus, he had, he helped in a return game. And, I mean, that was he had me excited when he had his one return on Friday night. So, I mean, it's, it's trending up for him to make this 53. Um, and it's just it's just still amazing that this guy was not drafted. I just don't – I don't understand. Um, and Rivera was like, you know, it's kind of – the position's kind of undervalued now. People just look at it – they don't look at it like they used to. And that might have benefited us this year because us getting this guy as undrafted running back, I mean, he looks like somebody who's going to contribute. He can play, man. He can definitely play. His patience is something else. Like, he hits that hole – not as hard as he can. He just kind of, you know, takes his time, understands where he needs to go, and then breaks off a sick jump cut or 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 a hezzy or something like that. And he's, I mean, everybody liked Marcus Mason's as a uh, you know a camp darling, but he didn't really have that shimmy. He didn't really have that second gear that Jared Patterson has. You can actually see this guy being a contributor on a fifty-three man roster when you're facing somebody starters. He actually can play. So I'm excited to see that. Antonio Gibson. Look good on Friday night. He got a lot of inside runs, something that I've been wanting to see him get a little bit more. At times last year, he had a tendency to bounce things a little bit. And when you're super explosive, you can do things like that. The one thing I will say is on that fourth and one, you know, I got in this podcast last week and said he needs to be getting these fourth and one carries. And he got one last week and he didn't convert. I'm not saying that's the fault of Antonio Brown or Antonio Gibson per se. But it's not a good look when I'm on this podcast screaming, oh, we need to get rid of Peyton Barber. All he does is get fourth down and ones. Let Antonio do it. And they give him a chance and he don't do it. So. I mean, I, that definitely stood out to me, too. I mean, plus Riverboat mentioned he's got to learn how to hit the hole a little bit better. But I'm hoping it's year two for Gibson being a running back. And he's even spoken on he needs to learn how to, you know, certain situations you just got to accelerate and just hit that hole and just grind out whatever yards you can get. Um and it's funny because on the last part you said Gibson, no, not Gibson, that uh, Barbara was averaging like 3.3. <laughs> this past Friday night, I feel like he was averaging 2.2. So <laughs> he didn't uh, show me much. And it's kind of, um, I'm not I'm not hating on Barbara. Like, we know who he is, but it would be nice if Gibson could, you know, develop 
to, you know, to become that short yardage back where we don't need to hold a roster spot for somebody just to be, you know, pick up a yard or two here when you can use that roster spot for another position. But obviously that'll get determined in a week or two, but that's definitely something we need Gibson. He definitely has to improve in that situation because that short yardage, you can't have that fourth and one. That can be critical. So that means Peyton Barber trying to take away Peyton Barber's job. It was just funny when he got in the game as the primary back and it was first and 10, then it was second and nine. Or if <laughs> all, I, all I say is you know I'd rather saying? have a short yardage back than a seventh wide receiver. Well, that also depends on is that seventh wide receiver special teams as far as in your return game, or is he just a body? You know what I mean? I'm not keeping seven wide receivers at the expense of a short yardage back. A seventh receiver, if if it is a matter of if that means the sixth receiver needs to be the, the uh, receiver slash punt returner. I can't keep a seventh guy just because he he, oh, he he can barely return punts, basically. Well, maybe that, that, that fourth running back might end up being that return man. We won't need to keep that seventh wide out. I'll be honest, I didn't think any of them helped themselves. They didn't really do much to help their case Friday night. I don't really feel like they, uh, they really got that much of an opportunity. Yeah, that, that too. That too. Uh, by the way, Corey, Peyton Barber, three carries, two yards, 0.7 yards per carry yeah, on Friday. Right. Uh, it's also worth mentioning that uh, Jarrett Patterson out-touched Peyton Barber. Let me count it up. It was 16 carries for, for Patterson, three for Barber. As far as receiving goes, I believe they each caught a couple. Patterson had three catches and Barber had one. And then when you throw in that uh, Patterson was also handling some kick return duties, and he out-touched him like, Five to one or four to one. That's telling, man. That could also be because Riverboat mentioned about putting the young players in stressful situations. That could have been a situation where they just wanted to see what Patterson did in those. Um, because you know, they know who Peyton Barber is. He's a seasoned vet, yeah. he's been in the game. Like they wanted to put Patterson in situations where he was catching the ball in the backfield or in pass pro, et cetera, et cetera. They just want to see how he would pan out. And I, I thought he handled well, it pretty Yeah, there's no reason to really be playing Peyton Barber all that much. All right. Uh O-line. I'm talking about the O-line for a second. Uh, they gave up uh, – they, they had a good night. They had a good night. I don't want to start off by something negative. They gave up a little bit of pressures. There was uh, one play in particular. Um, I believe it was – I forget what, what play it was, but there's the one play where Fitz kind of got rocked. Sadiq Charles was at right tackle. Bates was a tight on his side. They had a max protect look. Uh, both Bates and Sadiq went towards the edge rusher and let the blitzer come free and, and Fitz paid the price. Um, these are things they need to clean up. Another thing that I want to mention, I said this privately to you guys in the chat. I don't really think this O-line is really being built for power. I really think they're being built for athleticism and movement, which is becoming clear when you see the type of plays they want to run, like getting to the edge, doing uh, misdirection, trying to like fool the defense. They want guys who can move in space. They're not really built for power. So when I'm looking at these fourth and ones, third and ones that they're having trouble um, converting, and when you think they have a third down back who can just be that hammer on short yardage plays, maybe that makes a case for Barber why he's here because they need somebody who can be the hammer despite having an O-line that doesn't really get any push. I'm going to push back a little there. I don't know what you mean by they don't get any push. I mean, that's based on what they're not converting. Like – they have any my thing with the O-line is it's hard to assess this O-line because they clearly are looking at a couple things at left at um, left guard. 
Mixing and matching. Right. So so all camp, they've been mixing and matching mm-hmm. just to see like who should be starting. You know what I mean? I hear you on them wanting more athletic guys, but I can't say that them not converting a, a fourth and short in a preseason game it tells you much of anything. To that point, Cliff, like what Paul was mentioning about the team, the O-line being built for athleticism, and I kind of agree with you on that, but also I feel like Brandon Shevers probably would, would be the lineman you'd want to run behind in fourth and one situations because, I mean, he does have that strength to move the line. And I mm-hmm. feel like in fourth and one, we was primarily running behind the left guard and left tackle. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, um, I had the coach saying, put them in stressful situations. I want to see what they do. I want to see how they working together. going to fit best. Um, one play that stood out to me was when I think Fitz didn't get sacked, but it was under, he's under a little pressure when I feel like, I think it's Hubbard, Sam Hubbard. He was giving Cosme some trouble. Um, but again, that's also, it's, it's a part of, it's a growing process, man. And I think it's just like Cliff said, they just trying to find the best combination for the five up front. But, um, I don't think it's a major concern right now, um, but they got another week to figure it out. So I understand what you're saying, Cliff. I, it, it's not a like a black and white thing, like either built for power or built for athleticism because you can clearly have both. It's a situation where if it's a short yardage play and you need a power back, you know, maybe you wouldn't need a guy like Peyton Barber if you had guys who got push up front. I, you know, this is just a theory. I know that's not really like, a black and white sort of thing. That's just a theory that I have and thinking about since this game ended on Friday night. But what you're saying when you say that is that Peyton Barber has has a unique ability that he is good at short yardage, even though the old line isn't necessarily giving him a push. So then how could you argue for cutting him? Well, <laughs> well, no, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That's why I had been saying uh, the past couple of days, uh, Hold on one second. <laughs> Yo, what's up? Hey, welcome to the podcast. We Cowboys fan, Washington football team hater, EJ Johnson in the house. EJ, say what's up to the people at home. Oh, oh this the, the cast is on? Man. <laughs> you got to put this brother downstairs or some shit, man. He's fine. <laughs> oh, oh, this guy. He's going to back all the back down the Dak shoulder and shit. He better get him off. Oh, like yeah, I need to hear what he got to say. <laughs> Don't be on there trying to size up no cowboys. No Dak, I don't want to see no googly eyes. None of that shit. Leave us alone. Said, said your man's shoulder in a sling. Y'all, I don't care what I don't care what they say. Y'all niggas said five wins. That's we don't gotta talk no more until then. Y'all niggas said five wins. Hey Cliff, Paul said five, dog. I ain't doing it. <laughs> wow. Five no, I said no, I said six and eleven. I said maybe six seven and, and ten. I said six and eleven, maybe seven and ten. That's what I said. I also was smacked the shit when I said this. So Paul was that Zod. That shit that my nigga said they went in six. Book it. <laughs> Because y'all was in that joint talking extremely greasy. I was like, you know what? Six wins for y'all, nigga. The fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's too funny, yo. Hold on, let me move this to the kitchen real quick. I forgot what I was even saying about the omen. Oh, yeah, what I was saying, Cliff, is I had been saying the past couple days that I do believe it's going to be four. You know what I'm saying? Do I really think that uh, J.D. McKissick and Jared Patterson could carry the load if if Gibson were to go down. I mean, maybe, possibly. But I would feel more comfortable if you had a third back like Peyton Barber, kind of like 
easing the load for them too if something were to happen. I don't think you want to look at it as like carrying the load though, because I felt like McKissick. I mean, he looked pretty damn good at running back last year, man. I know he's not a he's not somebody you want to give twenty plus carries to, but also keep in mind, McKissick said he added a little weight in the offseason too, in case he had to handle that punishment as being the RB one. So if it, if something were to happen to Gibson, I mean, I wouldn't be too. Obviously, you don't want to lose Gibson. We know who he is, but I'd be okay if we had McKissick Patterson toting that rock. I don't I don't think I'd be too concerned about that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's over here clowning like shit. <laughs> hey, nah, man, we ain't gonna have the Cowboys. Look, they gonna be reporting. Hey, I'm, I'm at work. I ain't even here. I'm at work. <laughs> I, just, I just heard a funny joke. I was sick. That's all. Man, just damn. Up- <laughs> Cliff. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Say what you're gonna say to what Corey said. I wasn't gonna say anything. Oh, you weren't gonna say it. All right, cool. Uh, I already gave my opinion on paying Barber, man. Uh, the coaches right. like him, y'all don't like him. You know, the bucket fucking bad. That nigga's not going anywhere. He even, he even changed his number. <laughs> nigga's not going anywhere. Riverboat like Barber because he used to pick up them little two, three yards when they was playing the Panthers and shit. I mean, outside of that, I don't know when Barber really flashed to say, oh, my goodness, he's this great running back. But, Cliff, I'm not trying to run him out of town, so don't don't Nobody called a man great. He does his (laughs) job. He's given one job, get short yardage. He does it. You can't cut him. I mean, Patterson is – with all of Patterson, we all thought Patterson would make the roster, right? We just didn't know it would be at the expense of somebody like Peyton Barber. At this point, it's looking like there's going to be four running backs. I think that's kind of set in stone at this point. I would feel comfortable saying that there's going to be four backs on the roster, and we already know who the four guys going to be are. Outside of some some last-second trade or somebody getting cut, somebody else that they, they think they could bring in in lieu of one of those last two guys, Barber or, or Patterson, but I don't see that. I think they're comfortable with the guys they have in, in-house right now. Um, yeah. Uh, do we want to make anything of Eric Flowers getting the start over Schweitzer at left guard? I know they've been looking to switch it up a little bit, throw some different things, uh, see what they have depth-wise. But, um, you know, he was the starter there all last week in practice. He was a starter on, on um, Friday night. Um, obviously, he's a former starter here a couple of years back and showed well. Uh, I don't know what to make of it. Well, I guess we'll find out this week when they head to back to practice. I don't think there's anything to make it out. I think it's, yeah. a, it's a competition, so he got the start last week. I'm sorry, well, during the week. Because yep. Schweitzer got the first week, didn't he? And he was practicing as left guard that previous two weeks with the starters, so I wouldn't read too oh, yeah, much. Actually, just, I, think it's a, I just think it's an open competition of left guard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're, you're definitely, I will definitely say Riverboat, Riverboat did mention in this press conference they're going to treat this week like a regular season, so maybe we'll see the – Actual starting 11? I mean, we don't know, obviously, because nothing's on, but maybe we might know more, Paul, if you see Flowers out there with the first team again this Saturday versus the Ravens. So. Yeah, I think that's going to mean a lot. What do you guys think is going to happen with this third preseason game? Do you think that this past one was the, the dress rehearsal or the next one is the dress rehearsal? Third one, always, right? Yeah, I feel like the way we're both talking, they're going to be playing this, this Saturday, bro. Like he said, this is a regular season week. They're going to they gonna have a game plan. They're going to go in there and they want to see how everybody, you know, Adapts to you know getting a game plan, preparing for an, uh, an actual opponent. So I think starters is going to play this week because no, keep in mind, 
third preseason game, they got two weeks off. That's not normal. So yeah. usually it's just uh, right. But do you think that um, they'll give them the same like two and a half, three quarters of the starters that they usually do in the third preseason game, knowing that it's the last time you're going to see them before the opener? Or do you think they'll scale it back a little bit? Like you can't risk somebody getting hurt, obviously. And when the fourth preseason game, you usually have some time between that third preseason game and the opener, like I think it was like 17 days usually. Now that's cut back to like 14, which is you know not that big of a difference, but you still have to protect your guys. Got to protect play football, man. Yeah, man. That offense needs to play. So you guys got to play. You're playing the half at least. Yep. If anything, I would, I could sit Montez and Chase, <laughs> like I said earlier. Because you nope. forgetting, you forgetting nope. when you scrimmage anybody. Yeah. That's we didn't bring a team in the scrimmage, so. Mm-hmm. Like, I got a yeah, right. They need them right. I hear y'all on that. All right. Uh, anything else offense wise? Uh, Sadiq Charles, definitely a guard. Uh, I think I've seen enough. Uh, probably could damn, be a damn, hell of a guard. Damn dog. <laughs> now, listen, 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 listen. Oh. I'm not saying he probably couldn't be a tackle if need be, but I think that I've seen enough of him on the edge. And enough of him at guard to know that he's probably a better guard than Tech is what I should say. Two preseason games. The nigga's 22. And, 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 and that's enough. That's enough. They knew Sheriff was a guard on day one. No, no, no. Sheriff told them. You got that backwards. Remember? Didn't Sheriff tell them he wanted to play? No parts of that tackle position. He knew his, he has, his ass had slow feet. He they did not no- draft that guy to play no. They did not draft that guy the fifth pick to play no <laughs> damn guard, dog. Got a receiver and a guard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now nah, let's so, get, let a lot let give players time to develop. Paul, give them time to develop. But that's what I said on the last part. I was like, for all we know, that's that's why I feel like they're moving Sadiq around like this because I I feel like Sadiq's gonna be a starter in twenty twenty two, man. And they keep lining him. Up. He's lined up at right tackle, left tackle, left guard, right guard. He was, he played as the extra old lineman in in the running run short situations. Um, I think I just think they're trying to find his niche. Like I, I like what they're doing with him, and plus he's been getting the most snaps out of anybody. So clearly that's somebody that they're they're still trying to get an idea of where he fits the best. So I wouldn't rule out tackle just yet. Um, just know he he has the ability to play both positions. Is what he's showing us right now. But okay, no, that, that's fair. That's fair. I just thought that I'd seen him play better at guard, like mark like markedly better at guard than at tackle. So Paul far, from what I've seen, <laughs> I could be wrong. I mean, I ain't no so coach. I just seen I enough. I Paul said, seen enough. Cut it off. Put his ass on. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to see Sadiq Charles on the bench, right? Definitely. You don't not. want to see him not playing. And if you, yeah, but you, play you might not be on the, you, you probably not going to be on the field this year unless somebody's injured. What's up with AGG, man? Is this just me or is every time the ball's coming in his direction, he looked like a scary ass nigga? Is it just me or not? Sorry, I, I hate to drag this man like this, but man. He, he makes every catch look so difficult. He makes it look like it's the hardest catch he's ever made in his entire life. I'm like, bro, this is a standard 10 and out. That one that he caught, caught across the middle that he kind of bobbled after he had it, like I feel like it just caught him ball. He, I don't think he anticipated the speed of that pass coming to him, but he did look a little goofy. Speed of the pass? Who threw it? Josh Allen? That shit was thrown by Taylor Heineken, man. Hey, Cliff, that shit looked... <laughs> the way he called it, you would have thought it was a missile coming at him. But I mean, it was good to see hands on you the board. You know what it is? Huh. I realized what it is with AGG. Why he looks so bummy. 
It's that fucking number 10. He got on 11 now. What you mean? I thought he had 10 on. Nah, 11 now. Curtis Samuel got 10. Nah, was yeah, before he had 10 on, right? Yeah, yeah. he wore 10. Yeah, that's why I thought he was, he just looked really bummy. I used <laughs> to think it was the jersey number. You thought it was Paul Richardson and shit. Paul's man. Nah, well, now you have a little extra prior <laughs> But now it's clear. Nah, you just the receiver that went to Liberty. That's what he looks like to me. He's the Liberty wide receiver. <laughs> They're gonna keep him. They're gonna keep him on three, man. I don't know about that. Did you see what Rivera said about drafting? They asked me a question about the keeping draft picks. I definitely saw that. I definitely saw that. We will see. But I also feel like they they kind of forced that they wanted to get him the ball. And like coach coach said, he wanted to put them in stressful situations. He called that two-point conversion. He went up and got it. He didn't bobble it. Didn't look like Dots' scary ass going out to the ground. He made a play. <laughs> no, no. Caught one across the middle on a little slant route. So I mean, we'll see how he comes back this week versus the Ravens, but Dog, we're not putting you on this team because you caught a slant route versus a fucking real estate agent. Like, you got to – my thing with Golden is he doesn't look better than the other people on the – you know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing about him that stands out at all. He doesn't. You're right about that. You're He's right. incredibly average. Yeah. Um, you said to me on Friday night about his confidence. I think there's something to that. He doesn't look like a player that plays like somebody who's incredibly sure of themselves and unsure of their capabilities. Maybe confidence is, is, is the thing with him. You know, yes, he can't get off the jam. He probably needs some work in the weight room. He's not really a physical player at all whatsoever, despite that he's like 6'4", like 220 or 210 or whatever it is. But like, like, confidence... I'm the weight room this brother needs. He's 220. He's 6'4". He's already bigger than everybody else. Like right. Be- that, that's why the, the whole physicality thing is kind of like concerning, but the confidence thing is more important to him because if you don't feel confidence, it doesn't matter how big you are, or fast you are, or how great your hands are. And they've been saying the whole camp, you've been struggling to get off press coverage. Like that's concerning, especially somebody that's 6'4, 220 pounds. Yeah. Well, he went to Liberty. My thing went like he just looks like a non power five receiver. I mean, like, happened, think about what so you what just said about him. Malik Willis, though. I was about, about you just back that ball. Because just, Malik Willis went to Auburn first. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, think about what you just said about AGG. He's not strong. He's not quick. He's got to get in the weight room. He's not get physical. Off, no separation. He's get off the line. So how are you going to get open the NFL? That shit reminds me of that Kwame Brown. Remember that Stephen A. Kwame Brown rant? rant? Have you seen that video? He can't play. Yeah, he, he can't, he can't play. play. <laughs> he's got small hands. He can't catch the ball. So, what did he say? He's like, he, he don't got two moves he can put together to memory. <laughs> that sounds like AGG-ish. That sounds very AGG-like. Look, it's, I'm not going to just completely write him off, but it's, it's it looks concerning. I'm, I'm what concerned. I've seen so far, you don't look like like look at what they're saying about uh, Corey's math. People's Jones said he's killing in camp. Should drafted? No, it's, but I'm not even saying like in a, in a oh we should have drafted People's Jones. No. It's like we haven't even heard of Gandy Golden having dominant days in camp. Mm-hmm. 
the baseline is so loaded. If he catches a couple of passes in, in the camp, they're like, oh, he had a good day. They caught a couple of passes. Like, come on. Like, like the two-point conversion. Everyone's like, oh, my God, he went up and caught it. <laughs> right. It's like, I guess. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? He just doesn't look. He doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't look like enough for wide receiver. Man. Yeah. I'm trying to look at the snaps for the wide receivers. AGG was got the second most snaps, which is surprising because Dax only played before him. But I guess he, he was in and out. You know, they let AGG play in the second half. But AGG Coach, they gave him a chance. Like, yeah, they gave him Coach, a chance. That's on the field because either he needs a flash up or he's getting cut after next week. That's why he got all those yeah. snaps. That was like to me. That's telling me I don't think you're making this team. That's what I. Yeah. That's what I get from you. From him playing so much in the second half of the second preseason, though, like he mm-hmm. was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we don't need to talk about Hopkins. We'll let him live for another week, three or three. I mean, congratulations. You made three intermediate distance field goals. Hey, good job, Hop. Good job. Yeah, good job, Hop. Good job, Hop. We're we giving you a, a golf clap for doing what you're supposed to do. That's Fucking it. Golf clap. You kicker. Make kicks. <laughs> straight up, straight like that. I have, right. I have to hear about the fucking snap times again. <laughs> Give a fuck about how the, the ball is snapped to you, man. Did you make it or no? Yeah, That's all people I mean, care about. Straight up. Straight up. Um, all right. Defense, defense, defense. Uh, Corey, you said in the opener. Yeah, man. I think that Torment, Tyler, and um, OJ, the juice man, they look like starters out there. I mean, they hey. held their own. Yes, it <laughs> Yeah, it was Brandon Allen, but two – well, Torben Tower isn't a rookie, but new to the program, hasn't been here before, a rookie out of – a third-round rookie at that, not even a first-round or a second-round guy, went out there and played well against three good wide receivers. So um, that's encouraging. I know we were worried about the depth of the quarterback position months ago because you didn't know what you had behind um, Jackson and Fuller, but now it's looking like you actually have some guys that can go out there and do some things should – you know, worst case scenario, some of your starters go down. Hey, shout out to Cliss Manage St. Juice. He is he's coming to his own, man. Um, he's a big ass corner. He plays physical. I mean, I was loving how he was going. He's battling with T. Higgins. He's battling with Jamar Chase. Um, had a couple knockdowns. I know they threw one deep the Higgins down the sideline that he ran step for step with him. Um it's just it's just good to see because as you know, like you said, we were real concerned about cornerback death, and he's clearly showing that he's he's he has an ability to play on the outside, which will probably allow us to move fuller fuller back to the inside. Um I felt like Jimmy Moreland had a good game. I wish he had picked that playoff or I wish he had picked the ball off the one that tipped in the air, which looked like he could have picked it. But I mean it felt like Jimmy had a good game. And this kid Mac is it is it Tory McIntyre? Mac how you say McIntyre? Tory Tory McIntyre. I got to be honest. This brother looks decent, man. He's done more Boy. than Greg Stroman and Danny Johnson. That Sorry. There are a few seasons we've had with them. So, if he has another good week versus the Ravens on Saturday, I mean, he, this is a brother that might be Sorry, my, my fault. It's not McIntyre. It's Tory McTire. My bad. Tory McTire. Yeah. yeah. He, he's a physical corner, man. I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing from that dude. So, if he has another good week in camp and another good another good showing versus the Ravens, I mean, he might make this roster. I don't nah, see how he makes it. I mean, for that last quarterback spot, him and what? Daryl Roberts, right? We keep it five I mean, corners? They, I mean, they got rid of Strowman, right? So it seems like the competition for the fifth quarterback is between Danny Johnson and Torrey McTire. And so far, I think McTire has the edge. 
Yeah, Roberts Johnson, hasn't really been doing much. You know, I mean, Dan Johnson, I know he's good on returns, but you could alleviate that by putting Patterson back there or somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not falling. For, I'm not falling for the camp corner. Not doing it. The guy's a journeyman, probably gets cut. What's he like, 27, 28? Uh, uh, Makara, or whatever his name is? Let's look it up. But you need a fifth corner, though, right? You can't, you're not going four corners. It's going to be Roberts. Tori McTire is 26, just turned 26. Can't see how you keep a journeyman corner based off him playing well versus guys who, generally speaking, aren't going to be in the league. Yeah, but well, well no, he was he was starting he was starting last week. He started on Thursday night. Yes, it was out of necessity, but he actually played well. Again, I know Brandon Allen, but he still played well. Yeah, exactly, Brandon Allen. Okay, but Cliff, you don't want to give him credit for playing well against a bum. It's, it's not that I'm I mean, not giving I get, him credit. I understand that. It's but not that I'm not giving him credit. I'm saying in the end, Roberts is someone who has started in other places. Right, was signed as a free agent. Right? Signed a one year deal, though, Cliff. Ain't nothing guaranteed. No, no, I'm not saying he's guaranteed. I'm saying this is a person who's actually played in the league. Right? They don't. They're not even really trying to get looks at Roberts because they know what he can do. I'm not falling for camp corners. Not, <laughs> just not doing it. Hey, we see Roberts out there on Saturday, though. We, we <laughs> too often we fall for camp corners and camp wide receivers. I'm not, but also, but Cliff, when I say that, I'm not saying like I'm expecting Matire to be, you know, in a dime nickel package or something. He could be a fifth corner that's basically on special teams. And obviously, if we get an injury in the, on the back end, you know, you can move McCain around. I mean, you can move Curl around. I mean, we got options with all those safeties that we got. So, yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is, we would be arguing that you're keeping this guy based off a couple plays we saw during the game, right? ignoring his previous his whole career previous to this because really we just have never heard of the guy i ain't gonna, so gonna be y'all gonna be very nobody. upset you're gonna be very upset when you see that nigga lined up in week four versus cd lamb getting torched keep it a buck did you well, know no listen if if Tor McTire is guarding CD Lamb, then the game's already over. EJ no, in the corner no, is making no. faces at me and shit. God damn. But then you, then you, but then you can't, then you cannot, you cannot be kept in the roster. But what has Daryl Roberts done that for us to say be confident in him? Daryl Roberts has started in the NFL. Man. That's got to matter for something. He started for Detroit. I mean, I, they like an expansion team. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I hear you, though, I mean, he got stuck. He's, he has the experience. Obviously, he's played in games. I'm just saying, we've been hearing McTire since training camp. Like, they said he's been playing well when he matched up with McLaurin. Beyond me, he's show he's flashed in the preseason games. Like, I think he got a shot. Yeah, Dude, not for nothing. Not for, not for nothing, Cliff. He also was the best cornerback that Friday night when we uh, went out there and watched that practice. I think it was him and St. Jude's where the two guys are like, that guy is is playing well in cover for uh, but also, outside also, of the starting group. McTyre could also be the situation like Jamie Reeves was. Remember when Rivera cut Reeves, put him back on practice squad? Like, he could be somebody that we keep around. If he doesn't stay on the 53, maybe he gets back to the practice squad and we call him up. Like, who knows? But, I mean, I feel like he's been playing what He's been playing these games. Don't fall for the camp corner, guys. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Damon Davis looked way more comfortable this week. Uh, looked better. 
uh, and scraping over top and getting to the ball carry, looked a little bit more sure of himself. I know last week we had kind of made a comment that it looked like he kind of was just like a deer late on all the plays he was trying to make. This week, he looked a little bit more confident in his game. You didn't really have him stand out in the world like, okay, this over his head a little bit. But also, I feel like Riverboat wanted him to be that a little bit. They wanted to throw all that to him to see. Like he said, he wanted to put him in leadership spots, have him calling the calling plays out the huddle, having him lining up the defense to see if he could handle all that stuff. I mean, like you mm-hmm. said, like, clearly it looked like he was dealing with a lot. He was kind of unsure of himself. But like we said, he needs to understand you got them dogs in front of you. And when you see that ball, seek and destroy, bro. And I felt like he – I mean, he looked pretty damn good the other night. He was playing coverage. He lined up outside on running backs. He was filling the holes. So – I mean, all you want to see is improvement from your number one pick each week. So I thought he played well. Yeah, no, he definitely looked better. I mean, as as he should. That was his first game versus New England. I expect him to yeah. look better this week. So, look, I think in the end, the worst case scenario this year, not even worst case, I think it's one of those things where obviously, like Corey was saying, they put him in a situation where he had to call on the plays, they put a lot on, on his shoulders. If for whatever reason they decide he can't handle that, they can change his role. Definitely. So it's good to see that he played better. I will say that. Yes. The first game did not look good. Nah, definitely. Let me read something to you real quick. This is in um, this ain't gotta be part of the pod though. Standing was like, this is on his fifth bullet point from the game the other night. He said starting cornerbacks, da-da-da-da. Um, Tory McTire played ahead of Daryl Roberts, further justifies his inclusion on possibly being on the week one roster. There you go, Cliff. Let's see. <laughs> Let's, we will see. I think sometimes we we read too much into preseason like, shit. Not even just like y'all played football. There were times that people got to play in practice, especially during the priest during uh tra- like during camp. It didn't Stop mean it, this person was starting. <laughs> like because you we don't like a lot of times the reporters they might read into something like that. Without actually, they don't actually know the coach's reason for playing. Like, they don't know. We know coaches do shit like that. Definitely. Definitely. Because I put you like this, and, and he got cooked out there. They standing <laughs> would have said, well, the coaches might have just been trying to give him a chance to see if he could actually make it on the team. Then he would have flipped it and said, this further justifies Daryl Roberts being on the 53 man Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> no doubt. Last year, like, that's the one of the things that we gained from there not being a preseason last year. Mm-hmm. There was not time for these kind of discussions. We didn't see the players. We just right. assumed the coaches were going to put – the depth chart was based off how the coaches evaluated, right? Mm-hmm. Now there is a preseason, but going back to the way it used to be where we're like, well, this guy or this guy. It's like, nah, dog, the coaches already know, man. You think the yeah. coach- like how many positions do I think are really open on this roster at this point? Only you mean like like what position? Like the third tight end, or you mean like just spots in general? Spots in general. Like we got a fifty-three in terms of that roster for game one. It's a good most, question. Three or four? Like yeah. at the very most four max. Yeah. Because you know the one thing that's really different about our team now is that we used to really suck. Right. And so what we heard in, about how people didn't practice wasn't relevant. You were doing it versus bums. Mm-hmm. 
So it didn't matter who, if you, okay, you had a good game, you had a good day of practice versus who though? Oh, you cooked Madhu Williams, congrats. <laughs> now it's, and this, and, and this goes back to what y'all say about McKire. McKire's covering McLaurin in practice, right? Diami Brown, St. Juice is going against a top 10 receiver probably in the corner, right? Mm-hmm. One of the top rookies. You're covering one of the top tight ends in the league most likely this year, right? Cosby's going against all pro-level DNs. Every day. Who's Chef going against? Chef going against Payne, Allen. So it used to not be like this. Yep. Like, I, that's the one thing that's that's made me feel like, well, what is the preseason? We are Our team has gotten to a point where practice does matter more than the preseason games. I will more practice than the preseason. Yep. Good yeah. point. Yep. Because our, our offense won't go up against a better defense than the one that they face in practice. It used to never be like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ever. Now you're, you're definitely <laughs> right about that. You're definitely right about that. I mean, Madhu Williams is one of the least embarrassing of the bums we used to try out there as starters over the past mm. 15 years. There's somebody that out there like, you are a liability out there, but we have no other options. So you're just going to be out there. It's right. not really like that anymore. Which means if you're if when Josh Dox is out here cooking a weak secondary in practice, right, like – it's the conversation is different. Oh, we look so good, but it's like a verse who though. It's not like that anymore. Because yep. the players are that that can it, they might put him on a team just because of the fact that he is an unknown player, right? Because that's a culture thing too, right? Yeah. Right. Like he came in the camp. It was him versus Daryl Roberts, and he beat Roberts out for the job. That's why and I went he, back to Jeremy Reeves. Yep. Yeah. That's so you cut him. 53. Yep. Absolutely not hear you on that. All right. Uh, a few more points in the defense. Uh, Landon Collins. Wasn't it great to see him come downhill, time something up, and just strike somebody like he used to? That was a, Honestly, that was one of my favorite plays on defense the entire game, man. Seeing Landon Collins out there doing something like any role where I think he could succeed. I don't know how he was being used uh, you know to where he spent two years ago. But, like, now just seeing him come downhill and just timing someone up and just blowing somebody up, like, that's – the Landon Collins we need. That's what I want to see from him. You know he was playing single high on that play, right? Was he really? Yes. Yeah. Came down single high on that play, bro. That's that was that was Giants Landon. That was some speed he showed right there, dog. Yeah. Great, great angle. I mean, like I, like I've said, I'm just excited that he was he has had the ability to come back this fast from his injury and. Yeah. Well, you said several times if we get the Landon, Landon of old, and you add it to this defense, hey man, this yeah. I would take take 80% of that landing, to be honest Mm -hmm. with you. I mean, I would take 80%, but (laughs) yeah. But here's the thing, though. Landing is is such an unknown. Like, we don't know what he looks like in this current defense, Mm -hmm. right? Because the last time we saw him. We were seeing flips before he got hurt in that last game. Right, and our defense wasn't good. And the team he was signed to wasn't like the, the defense he was on his first year. We didn't get to see him, you know what I mean, Definitely. shine out. If, if for whatever reason we got that Landon Collins from mm. the mm. one that we signed, mm-hmm. yeah. or the one that was an all-pro player, mm-hmm. you are a title-winning defense if you get that kind of player. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I hear you on that. The shoulder, man. He's heard all the noise. So he he, he's, he looks like he's coming laser focused, bro. He is locked in. So Dog, keep shout my man Marshall on Twitter. He, he made a comment yesterday, which is actually pretty true. He probably saw all that linebacker talk. It was like, oh, yeah? Bet. Watch this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Straight up. <laughs> this is the NFL, though, man. This is how a league works. You yep. get injured, somebody, somebody comes in. Because mm-hmm. we always do this shit like, oh, the depth chart. We all know this player, et cetera, et cetera. But then guys pop up and you didn't know. Right? Mm-hmm. So Landon gets hurt. He essentially, someone came into his position who he had never heard of. I guarantee you. By the end of the season, people were like, oh, we don't need you anymore. Mm-hmm. We got him. Yeah. This is a team that, that signed you to be the star of the team. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we're all guilty of it. We all kind of had a, the, the thought, like, hey, Kerr looks so good. I wonder what Landon's contract is looking like to get out of this deal, forgetting that this man is a few years removed from an all-pro season. Nigga, I caught is, him, remember? I caught him. <laughs> yeah, I, I reminded you on this very same podcast <laughs> like two weeks ago. <laughs> this brother getting chopped. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but it... it the alternative, like the people just forget about, is like, hey, what if Curl's good and Collins is really good? Like, then what? <laughs> what if you can move Curl and Collins around and you got McCain playing your single high? Like, McCain, yeah. you showed a little physicality back then when he played the other night, bro. So you got three safeties that you can move or seem to be interchangeable. You can move them around. That only adds to what your defense can do. So mm-hmm. I also feel like there's been post Seahawks, like post Earl Thomas. There's been this obsession with single high safeties mm-hmm. that I don't even think is, is even a fair thing for people to obsess over. The Bucs have a good defense. They do not have a traditional single high safety. They right. just got two hitters back there, right? Right, and, and guys who are very interchangeable. Mm-hmm. We are, Everybody's looking for that single high safety, like Earl Thomas and being like, well, we can get like a Sean Hill type. It's like these are Hall of Fame and Reed. Right. These are generational players. Yep. Right? Like, if you go just go around searching for a single high safety, you're going to end up with bums back there regularly. Right? So, I think you just got to find a way to put them on the field at the same time. End up yeah. with Liam. Out here Absolutely. You know, they talk about before. playing more man. I don't know if mm-hmm. I saw Rivera talk about how they plan on playing more man this year, too. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you heard the, like the conversation is kind of floating around that um Jackson was a little bit not concerned about the defense but just he had mentioned on somebody's podcast that he's used to playing man and they're now they're having him in zone I'm like I don't think that's really the case I think they're not trying to tip their hand I think they know what Jackson does well I think they want to play more man that's why they got St. Jukes that's why they brought in Jackson mm-hmm. and that because it's advantageous to the rest of the defense what we have built here yep agreed well, I think it's because they play in the blitz this year. yep uh anything else in the defense that you guys are I uh, want to mention uh, we can William, William Bradley King. Yeah, I was yeah. just about to say William Bradley King. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely good to see one of those guys make a play. Uh, you know, what else I noticed is that uh, when they went with the second team defensive ends, they brought in um, Smith Williams and they kicked John Allen out to end on the right side. So th- they didn't actually bring in uh, Tony or, or W uh, not W. What's his name? Bradley King. Bradley King. William Bradley King um, for that second team DN. I know two has been out two preseason games in a row. He actually needs to probably get back this week to have a chance of making this roster because missing two preseason games is not good when you're thin at a spot. But 
Uh, worth mentioning is that uh, Allen was at defensive end instead of going out with the starters. They kicked him over. Maybe that's something to look forward to in the season if, God forbid, we lose Chase or lose Montez. Keep an eye on something like that. Like, like we've been saying, mixing and matching, seeing what possibly could work in case, you know, like you said, in case an injury pops up, it would be good to see it. I guess they wanted to see if Allen could run it, could could run that position. I'm, I'm pretty sure he could man it for a exactly. game or two. Can he play DN? If they I bet. Yeah. yeah. Right? And then you can also have Ionitis out there and kick him inside yep. because you put Allen there. Yeah. Yeah, sense. I think Ionitis and Allen are two two prime candidates to carry out the end if, you know, the worst-case scenario does go down. But I would feel comfortable with that, especially over, you know, a, a seventh-round rookie, no disrespect to those guys, but that's probably a, a better situation for us. Yep. We didn't even mention uh, Ionitis. That was his first game action, man. It was good to see him put in the pocket because he was in that backfield for the plays yeah. that he was on the field. So it was good to see 98 back out there, too. How many we got plays did he play? Here, Mike, breaking news, Mike Vrabel. Tested positive for COVID. Mm. All that. Get your shots, people. Get your shots. <sighs> well, last night it was Dan Quinn for the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Dan Quinn and uh, what's what's old boy's name? The I player forget. that had to go home. Yeah. I know it's only played on 10 plays on Friday night. Yeah. That's to be expected. That's to be expected. Oh, what, one more thing. I... I Feel like I we've been shitting on this guy two weeks in a row now, but it has to be said, Derek Forrest is looking like a practice squad candidate more and more. Like it was not a good showing for him. That's the second week in a row, and you're kind of loaded at strong safety, so it's kind of looking like he might Ooh. need a year. Wait, who'd you say, Derek Forrest? Oh yeah, that, yeah, my man looked lost on that boot, man. He's still but running. Remember, Legend has it. Forrest Remember before these games started, we was all concerned about who going to get cut as the safe musician, da 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 And like we said, just let it play out, man. It was going to play itself out. And now it seems like they're for somebody that you can stash on practice squad and not have to cut, uh, you know, one of those other safeties that we thought potentially could be on the chopping block. So, I mean, in the end, it's going to work itself out. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's looking like at least eight of the, the draft picks are going to make the roster. I would question whether maybe like one, uh, either Tony or, um, Bradley King would make it. Maybe they'd stash one. And now it's looking like Forrest might be a candidate too. But, you know, eight out of ten draft picks is still good. You have, you have eight guys that are going to be contributors this year from the rookie class. That's that's a Plus an undrafted free agent. Clip. Plus an undrafted free agent. Um, if Samus Reyes ends up making the 53, that's another guy. An undrafted guy, somebody in the international player program, plus ten rookies or mm-hmm. eight of ten rookies, that's productive. That's a productive yep. – front office making uh, a team better. Which also means you just added more youth to your roster, which is a good thing to see. Quality players. Mm-hmm. In there. 